You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me right now, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. What is up, Nate? Not too much, John. Good to be here on a nice sunny day in the Bronx after the rainstorm that wouldn't end. So, uh... All, all, all good things going on. How are you? A little alarmed. You know, you're you're driving to work this morning, and there's this fireball in the sky yeah. that's uh, you know, kind of changing things, making some like bluish color. That's evident. It, it was a little a little hard to figure out, but we all made it here safe, I guess. Yeah, it was nice. That was kind of a dismal few days there. So good to be back. Hopefully, a, a harbinger of weather to come this month. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> I think it's going to be like 40 degrees on Saturday. Um, it, I, I will say that this morning, we, we are recording this on Thursday, so the regular season ended yesterday. This morning from MLB, I received my first email of the month of October in which I am instructed of how to direct my satellite in order to get all the feeds from uh, all, all of the different press conference rooms around the country. So I always love that. I always love to think about, you know, if I had my satellite now, now I know where to point it, I guess. <laughs> That's the true sign of October baseball having arrived. You know, it's uh, here are the satellite coordinates. We're on. <laughs> I always forward that email to uh, Craig Tapper. I don't know. He he wrote for Yankees magazine years and years ago. And I don't know. We always just got such a kick out of seeing that satellite coordinates come come through. So even though he's moved on, uh, I'll probably forward that to him here in the next couple hours. <laughs> well, so, so we are in this weird situation right now. It, it, it's one that we somewhat saw a little bit in 2020 when there was the expanded postseason that year. Of course, in that situation, though, everyone had to play. Instead, right now, we have the Yankees sitting for a couple days now, waiting until they figure out who they're going to have to play, not just because there's a one-game wild card round that's about to happen, but a real three-game series. I mean, three-game series, that's a baseball weekend, in a sense. That's what we're used to. So it should be interesting. But because of that, because we can't really talk about the Yankees opponent because we're not going to talk too much right now about the October issue of Yankees magazine because that's not even coming out until next week when the Yankees start their American League division series against either the Guardians or the Tampa Bay Rays a very familiar set of opponents there but on both sides I think it's better just right now to kind of take the temperature of where we've been and where we're going and you know you've been watching the Yankees all your life you've been a fan all your life we've been working here for a very long time this has been one of the more odd, interesting, historic seasons that you could imagine. It, it it's, it's hard to even take a measure of all these different things that we saw this year and all the changes that we saw this year and kind of how we got from the beginning of April until now. The beginning of April, I mean, I'm, I'm even going to start before I throw it over to you. The beginning of April, we were still talking about a delayed season and labor unrest and all these things. And that just feels like a decade ago. I don't know. Yesterday, listening to the uh, the final game of the regular season on the radio, it's like you get that final out of game 162, and it's just like, man, that is a that was a ride. That was a long journey, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, we're we're used to it as baseball fans. You know, every year is is 162 games, but that doesn't make it any less uh, just weighty. You know, it's it's a long, long 
trip from spring training to this point. And so many things have happened. So many things change. And uh, there are still, you know, questions to be answered. And, and that's what makes it fun. I mean, if it was, you know, the same lineup that we rolled out there on April 6th or whatever the opening day was. And, uh, you know, nobody got hurt and nobody came up and nobody went down. Like, it would be pretty boring. But baseball seasons are filled with ups and downs. There's certainly no shortage of those this year. And uh, so I'm just... Really excited about this team and uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do here in October. Nate, this Yankee season was not boring. I, I think we can establish Definitely that pretty not. well. Let, let's reset for one second because we're done with the regular season. The Yankees finished at 99 and 63. There was this amazing period over the last few days when it was 99 and 61 as Aaron Judge, number 99, is sitting on 61. And mm-hmm. then you know, for better or worse, it's 99-62 as Aaron Judge is sitting at 62 in yeah. a sense. And uh, look, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, are the Yankees a shoe-in for 100 wins? I would have said, man, no one's a shoe-in for 100 wins. That's an incredible season. If you would have asked me June 1st, are the Yankees a shoe-in for 100 wins? I would have said, 100 wins? Like, <laughs> are you crazy? We're talking about 110 wins. We're talking about 115 <laughs> wins. And yet the reality is they did not finish with 100 wins, but they finished seven games up on the field in the AL East, they got to have a dramatic, because of Aaron Judge, yet also a comfortable end to the season where they had clinched early enough to really use the time that they needed to not have to go pedal to the metal. The reality is, and, and this is just the way baseball works, and I'm sorry to, to say this, the Yankees would much rather be 99-63, and 63, but on top of the AL East, and with that buy, than 101-61, and 61, like the team across town, who now has a three-game series in order to get to the division series. It's the way baseball is. Sometimes it's fair. Sometimes it's not fair. But it's impossible to look at this Yankee season on the whole, forgetting about where you were on March 1st and April 1st and May 1st and June 1st, but on the whole and say 99 and 63 and the number two seed in the American League and the top of the American League East is anything but an uproarious success. Absolutely. I mean, a a division title is not easy to come by, especially in the AL East. So anytime you can finish atop your division, that's certainly something to be celebrated. There are three playoff teams there. I I don't mean to cut you off, but there are three playoff teams in that division that they've won. Yeah. And uh, a fourth place team that was knocking on the door until the final week of the season. So a really, really tough division, and they finished on top, which is great. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how this... Uh, three-game wildcard series impacts the rest of the playoffs because, you know, we see it in the NFL every year where a team earns a a first-round bye, and uh, while everybody else is out there, you know, fighting, you know, tooth and nail to advance past that first-round opponent, uh, that, you know, number one seed team is sitting back and, and, you know, kind of chilling, and then they go out and they get beat in their first playoff game. So I am... uh, you know, I won't be surprised if one of the four teams, uh, either, you know, we got the Astros and the Yankees finish 1-2 in the American League. You got the Dodgers and the Braves over in the National League. Uh, if, you know, one of those four teams or maybe more even gets, uh, you know, knocked out in the division series. Obviously, I'm hoping it's not us. But, um, uh, you know, baseball is a daily grind. Guys get used to playing every day. And now these four teams are going to have to sit back for five days 
And yeah, I mean, sure, in in theory, it's great. Guys get healthy. You can line up your pitching staff the way you want to. Um, but we'll see. I mean, th- those teams that are going to play a, a best of three series uh, this weekend, uh, you know, they're going to they're going to be in in playoff mode while the other teams, you know, are going to have to get up up to speed with that so uh, i'm really intrigued to see how this all shakes out in the next couple weeks nate here's a guarantee i'm gonna make here on the yankees magazine podcast and i want to be clear i'm not gonna make a lot of guarantees in life and i certainly don't make a lot of guarantees in october but here's a guarantee i'm gonna make in the event that one of the yankees astros braves or dodgers lose in that division series you will hear from some places that it's because they rested too much and didn't keep it going and let me guarantee you a second guarantee, but really it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation. You understand. When the Yankees, Astros, Braves, Dodgers, when some combination of those teams win, it will be because they got to rest their team and get ready for it. So everyone should just be ready for both sides of what is right now, I think we've had it for about five minutes, a classic, classic straw man situation here. It's just the reality. I, I don't think there, there there is no circumstance where you can ever – absolutely quantify whether the rest is good or whether the rest is bad it simply is a reality and i will say as we sit here the day after the regular season ended if i could if i were a baseball manager and i could choose whether i would want these next five days off or whether i'd want to be playing for my life in three of the next or in two of the next three games i would choose where the yankees are so i think that i'm going to give that side a little bit of the advantage right now at least oh no doubt and you know i mean to go back to what you were saying before about, you know, the September and being able to, you know, not have to, you know, they won by what, seven games, the division you said. So um, I, I it was just such an interesting end to the season because of the home run race and Aaron Judge, you know, going for 61 and 62. And I think what it did was it allowed the rest of the lineup to really uh, – I, it just took so much pressure off them. It felt like you know guys could could go out and and work on what they needed to work on, and as a result, I mean, I feel like Glaber had a monster September. He looked so good down the stretch. Um, you know, Giancarlo came back from the injury, took a little while to get going, but it looked like in the last week of the season he really found his timing. Um, and, and so just there the, I mean I'm going to cut you off again there that Nestor start that Sevy start I mean, yeah. God, what could be bigger than that Sevy start of a guy three starts off the injured list doing what he did and having us all wonder what he could have done but but that's I mean that's the hope that's the dream again the Yankees finished seven games up the Mets finished tied but a game back but yeah it's cool the Mets won 101 games and that's awesome for their fans I, I truly mean it that's a great thing and I know there are a lot of Yankees fans who, who who would love to see that 101 next to them but what the Yankees got to do in the last week that's massive yeah Jameson Tyone pitching the uh division clincher up there in Toronto I mean there was just so many good things happening around the team while all the eyes you know in the world seem to be focused on Aaron Judge um so you know I I've Obviously, anytime the Yanks are headed to the playoffs, I have high hopes. You know, I've seen them go into October in all different sorts of manners. You know, uh, 2000, I remember they had a real tough stretch there down the end and ended up getting hot and, and winning a World Series. So based on what I saw all year and especially what I saw down the stretch here in September, uh, I have really, really high hopes for this team this year. 
the thing that really stands out to me right now as, as we sit here kind of waiting, and, and it's a strange sense, we're doing this Yankees Magazine podcast weekly as we do every postseason, but we're just sitting here right now in a total state of limbo. So all we can do is look at those last few weeks. And of course, we're going to talk about Iron Judge in a little bit, don't get me wrong, but you, you mentioned it a little bit. The thing that I'm going to keep going back to about the last week is Giancarlo Stanton has played three games in October this year and he is at three home runs and i think that if you're a yankees fan creating your roadmap to the world series championship right now of course there's so much about the pitching and of course the bullpen especially man you're kind of trying to figure out but the key the key is aaron judge getting some help mm-hmm. and if Giancarlo stanton is hitting <laughs> like like that yeah I, I, again i i i don't think that the roadmap that Aaron Boone is creating right now is for the Yankees to win every postseason game 10-9. I think he wants some, you know, laughers on his side, and I think he also wants some dominant pitching, and I think he expects that he's going to get some. But Aaron Judge needs help offensively, and especially because of all the players who got to take it a little easy over the last couple days, Aaron Judge did not. And Giancarlo Stanton getting hot right now, a little bit of labor, being scorching like he was, DJ getting healthy. Rizzo, I, I think all that stuff that we took for granted so much in the first half of the season when, I've said this a lot of times on this podcast, but it bears repeating, for all the wins, for all the home runs, for all everything, the story of the first half of the season was health. The Yankees were healthy. Yeah. And you can't get Mike King back right now. You can't get Chad Green back right now. You don't know when Marinacci is coming back right now. You're hopeful that Clay Holmes, all, all these things. There are so many question marks right now. So the places where there aren't question marks – you just have to be able to rely on them. And Giancarlo Stanton getting hot right now is the best possible scenario if you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, pitchers are going to be very careful with Aaron Judge. And if uh, there's guys behind him in the lineup that can do damage the way Giancarlo Stanton can when he's going right, it's, you know, a recipe for putting up crooked numbers on the board, which is uh, big time in October. So that's, that's what we're looking for, and that's what we're hoping for. So what are you interested in watching over the next couple days? Um... You know, just these three-game series where they're all played uh, in the one ballpark um, makes for an interesting wrinkle. I mean, this is unlike, you know, anything we've really seen before. Um, And, I mean, I'm just excited. You know, Friday and Saturday, we're guaranteed four playoff games each day. Um, So it's just going to be a lot of fun as a baseball fan to sit back and uh, just – enjoy it and you know not have the pressure of uh you know worrying about whether we win or lose you know there's a lot of young exciting superstar players around the league that are going to be playing in the playoffs so uh i'm just going to sit back take it all in and and enjoy it i'm so curious to again like you said there's not much precedent here there's like i said the precedent from 2020 where we did watch the three game wild card series But that, again, was a different situation. Every team was playing there. I'm very, very interested to see the managerial choices that go into both the lineups they choose, not just the rosters they choose for the series, and also the way that they uh, use their starting pitching. Obviously, if you're the Yankees and you're looking at both the Guardians and the Rays right now, those are teams where you're always kind of wondering uh, what their pitching is going to look like and how it's going to be deployed when you face them. So I think getting to watch a full playoff series while you are not playing so you can devote all of your resources essentially to watching and scouting how those two managers are going to handle that series is going to be really interesting and i think it's going to be illuminating and i think you're going to learn a lot and i think that every year it seems there's a new you know hot way for managers to kind of ride their way through the postseason 
and some get it right, some get it wrong, some follow what the you know new correct path is, if you want to say it, and others stand by with, with some of the old ways. I think the Yankees are firmly right now right in the middle of that in the sense that they still do have a strong bullpen. They just don't have the defined roles that you're used to from a Yankees bullpen. And frankly, of all teams in the majors, I think no team is more used to a standard, you know, role-defined bullpen than the Yankees going back decades. Yeah. So this is interesting right now, and it's going to require a lot of work, certainly in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings for Aaron Boone and Matt Blake and Mike Harkey and all those guys to figure out how they're going to map their way through it. But the reality is that stuff starts also in the postseason, in the third, fourth, and fifth innings when you're wondering, are you going to let your starter get through a third time through or start a third time through again. Are you, are you ready to open the bullpen door in the fourth inning or do you just feel like you got to get to the sixth because you don't know what you have back there? So all that stuff, I think as the Yankees watch how the other teams are doing it and able to kind of craft how they want to do it, I think is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. You know, I, I really like sort of the way that uh, bullpen usage has evolved in recent years where, you know, they're looking at, you know, they, they, they love the term lanes and you know they're looking at like okay you know checking out the opposing team's lineup and and kind of uh predicting whether it's an inning from now or a couple innings from now what what guy we might want to use against those three guys you know forcing the other team to uh, into making substitutions when maybe they don't want to or things like that and so i think the yankees have shown that they're really adept at that sort of thing um you know they deploy guys at the right times and and have had a lot of success with that sort of stuff so you're right I mean uh, it, there is going to be a lot of work for uh you know Aaron Boone and Matt Blake and all the pitching coaches and and that whole staff but um you know it's what they've been doing all along so even though it is certainly different than just knowing that okay if we get to the ninth inning with a lead we're going to Mariano or Aroldis Chapman or whoever the you know bona fide closer is things are a little bit in flux right now but um you know I'm pretty confident in these guys and and in the pitchers that we do have uh that you know we'll be okay it's just so great I'm saying this as a baseball fan I'm saying this as someone who's certainly involved with the baseball team but really as a baseball fan it is just so great to know that you don't start off at game seven right now yeah that yeah the yankee team last year it was a weird season there was a lot of strange stuff happening but you know it just the postseason was over before it began yeah and this year that's not going to happen especially this year because you're going to watch an entire postseason series play out before the yankees even take the field but look i don't think the yankees are going to sweep the division series i don't think ever a team's going to sweep and if they do i'm surprised but you know you assume in baseball you're going to win some you're going to lose some it's just the way it is it's hard to go on a big winning streak especially when you're playing the best teams in the league and it's just i don't know what would have happened against the red Sox last year in a three-game series or a five-game series or a seven-game series i do know that the yankees lost the one game that mattered so the red Sox beat them in the quote-unquote series you want to say and, that, and that's all that matters yeah we stopped talking about process in the postseason for better or worse and there's just so much more of there's so much more excitement obviously in the one game thing it's cool it's fun it's ridiculous and horrible and it's not how baseball should be but it is exciting as you could possibly dream of and being in Fenway Park last year was fantastic I, I, I hate to say it. I'm sorry fans it was just fantastic to see that environment there but what we wanted at the postseason is a weekend long or hopefully a week-long chess match and, and, and that's what you look forward to because 
whatever happens in game one, I think <laughs> I always come back to, I don't remember what year it was. It was some number of years ago, maybe five or six years ago. But at game two, there was a note in the Yankees press notes, which was basically that the Yankees are three and three in series after winning game one and after losing game one in the last certain number of years, which is basically just a way of saying like last night did not matter in any way. <laughs> um, so, and, and I always love that because game one, no matter what happens, we are going to record our next episode a week from now. That will be after game one. It'll be before game two. Whoever wins game one of that series, whether it's the Yankees, the Guardians, or the Rays, their fans are going to declare that they will never lose another game. And I promise you that team will lose another game on the road to a World Series championship, whichever team it is. <laughs> and it's just you have to remind yourself that you get so caught up in those nine innings or more on that one night. But the beauty of a postseason series is there's a couple more after that and a couple more after that and a couple more after that. And, yeah, finally you'll get to game five or game seven, and it is all or nothing. But you've earned that right as opposed to the wildcard series. Amazing drama, but ludicrous in terms yeah. of the result over process. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, you know, it, it should be a series. And, you know, um, thankfully we've earned the right to have home field advantage, in, in, at least in that first series. So uh, next Tuesday and next Thursday, we are guaranteed to have playoff baseball back here in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium uh, for the first time in three years. You know, even though we were in the postseason each of the last two years, there were no games here at Yankee Stadium. So the atmosphere here in October, as most of our listeners and readers well know, is off the charts. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm going to say this as a public service announcement, because obviously we don't have uh, starting times yet for a series that we don't even have an opponent yet for. But we don't know when the games will start. But one thing the team has already announced is that gates are going to open two and a half hours before first pitch now getting into yankee stadium is not the easiest thing in the world obviously there's a lot of security measures and it's important but it can also you know let me just urge fans for a couple reasons get here early get here early get yourself settled get to watch batting practice get to watch this incredible baseball team take batting practice All, all these things that are amazing get to soak in that postseason experience don't be standing in a line outside gate six 10 minutes after the first pitch. I, I'm just telling you right now, and I hate to break it to you, I'm warning you, that's your fault if you do it. Get here earlier. Because yeah, if it's, it, there's going to be lines. And if it's 40 degrees, you know, bundle up, get yourself a hot chocolate, you know, settle in. It's 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 so fun. I it's just That first, like, chilly day that we get it in late September, it's like, oh, yes. It smells it's, like the postseason. Yeah, it smells <laughs> like, it just feels like postseason is here. And uh, I just have so many incredible memories over the years, whether it's, you know, as a teenager coming here for those games back in the 90s or, uh, you know, 2009 as an employee working here, um, even in the more recent years, there's just been so many, you know, nights here that I'll never forget. And um, I'm hopeful that this team is capable of making some more. I'm such a sucker for bunting. I, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I do not mean the sacrifice, but I mean, just God, you walk into that stadium, onto the field for the first time, and you see the bunting around the field, and you just know, like, we did it, boys. We're here. Yep. Yep. We earned it. So, Nate, I, I, I don't know if you've been keeping track here, but I did just get word from Guinness that we did set a record because we just 
put together, I think, like 15 minutes of Yankees talk, debate, whatever you want to call what we just did. And we have yet to discuss Aaron Judge's home run (laughs) record and what we think it means, what we think it is. We have not even said the words MVP yet. (laughs) I mean, I I think that we I I, I want to thank all our fans. I want to thank, you know, all the people who made this possible to to, to set this esteemed record. I'm I'm just so grateful (laughs) to have been a part of this. I mean, John, you've been watching baseball forever. Have you ever seen anything quite like what Aaron Judge did this year? It was absolutely spectacular from beginning to end. Nate, it was so spectacular. And I I know I'm on my hobby horse. I, I know that I say this a lot, and I know I don't mean to come off ungrateful or unimpressed or anything like that. It's the exact opposite. I could not care less about the home run record or the MVP vote or anything like that. All I know is what I saw was fascinating. Every night it was fascinating. Every night there was drama. The Yankees clinched the division on September 27th. And for the last week and a half, has there been anything better than baseball? (laughs) It's just, I can't say enough about how the easiest thing in the world, I, I do so many things that are hard. The easiest thing I do is not care about the home run record or the MVP vote. Look at me right now. I'm doing it right now. You don't even know I'm doing it right now. That's how easy it is. I don't care. It's great not to care. I encourage everybody not to care what the home run record is because it was beautiful for a whole year. It was just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, in every facet of the game, and, uh, you know, I'm not the first one to say it, but just the the consistency that he's shown, not just this year, but over his whole career. You know, Aaron Judge just, he came in and, uh, you know, just the way he goes about his job, it's, it's, he does it with a smile. He does it as a, a guy who, uh, is interested in making connections, you know, with his teammates, with his coaches with fans, with the media, Um, you know, he's not just here to go through the motions. He's not here because he wants to be cool or wants to be a star. Like he's, uh, he's, he's connected. He's, he's plugged into life and and to what's going on in and around his world. And uh, he just, he carries himself just, you know, in a way that you, you would hope, you know, everybody would. And, he just he's never changed from day one and so to see a guy like that reap the rewards uh of of all the hard work he puts in and put together a season like this that people are going to talk about for a hundred years you know um it's really just remarkable I'm, I'm so happy for him and, and proud of him and um, you know, ha- happy for Yankees fans and Yankees magazine readers who get to, you know, follow along with this guy. I mean, how how lucky are we that a- any team could have drafted him? You know, all 30 teams passed up on him before the Yankees finally took him uh, in 2013. So uh, we're just super lucky to have him here in the Bronx. And uh, let, let's hope he's here for a long time. It is such an amazing thing. And, and there's nothing like it for me in my baseball life certainly covering baseball i was at aaron judge's first game i think whatever i don't know what's going to happen over the next couple months but certainly over the month of october i'm kind of guessing that i'll be at a bunch more of his games um i i i don't think the yankees are going to lose in the division series who knows what's going to happen but it's just so special And, and for me one of the real highlights of this year is going to be this past weekend on saturday night when i sat down with my kids my son is 10 my daughter is seven and we watched the movie 61. And it wasn't because I was trying to say, like, you know, this is when baseball bowl, anything like that. I, I, they, these kids had never heard of Roger Maris. So it's not any connection in that way. 
I just wanted them to know that, yeah, you're hearing a lot about Aaron Judge right now. Like, this is what this means. This is what this is. This is a connection that, you know, goes back a century, in a sense. You know, because they don't even know much about who Babe Ruth is. They certainly don't know who Roger Maris is. My son certainly understands stories about Babe Ruth as this larger-than-life baseball character or whatever. I don't think that he knows that Babe Ruth ever pitched. I don't know. I don't know if he knows any of that stuff. I don't, I don't whatever. But just watching that movie and then kind of talking a little bit afterward and saying, that's the number. And, and, and no, it's not, sorry for anyone who disagrees with this, no, it's not the record anymore. That's been surpassed. And it, But that's not the point. The point that I'm trying to convey, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you saw it, Scott Miller wrote a piece in the Times this past week, which really hit on exactly what I always try to say when I talk about this. Baseball's better when it's not just about numbers. I know we fetishize numbers, and I know we love numbers, but baseball's better when it's stories and storytelling, and that's what it should be, because, Nate, how many home runs did Barry Bonds have? I don't know. What do you finish with? 763 or something like that? 762. There you go. How many home runs did Hank Aaron have? 755. How many home runs did Babe Ruth have? 714. What's the point I'm making here? You didn't forget about this stuff because it got surpassed. You didn't forget about Babe Ruth when Hank Aaron hit 715. And we're not going to forget about Roger Maris when Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did what they did. And we're certainly not going to forget about it now that Aaron Judge did it. Baseball is contextual. Yeah. It's important to tell the stories. All these numbers matter. You don't erase a number when you add something else to it. And I think that's a special thing to take from this. It doesn't have to be competitive and contentious and arguing about who holds the real record and is this legitimate, is this not legitimate. It's just another notch in baseball history, and I think that's the most special thing I could take from this year. Yeah, uh, even though uh, you know Roger Maris is now you know second on the all-time single-season list in American League history, like he is not going to be forgotten. His his number is not going to come down off the wall. They don't take his number out of Monument Park. Park. No, of course not. And and we'll continue to you know tell stories in, in Yankees magazine about. Roger Maris and and Babe Ruth and everybody else who contributed to what makes this franchise so special. Did we forget about Mickey Mantle because Roger Maris beat him in 1961, or did we talk about? Like, I mean, it, it's just nonsense to me. And, and again, I understand that this stuff, you know, sells advertisements and clicks and all these things, and I and I get why it happens. And I get there are people who are really deeply like emotional about these numbers and everything like that. And I know that it means something. And I'm not trying to tell you it shouldn't mean something to you. I'm just trying to tell people to stop being angry. Like, <laughs> this is a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing when we're talking about these guys. Hank Aaron did not erase Babe Ruth any more than Barry Bonds erased Hank Aaron. Yeah. It just, you got to understand context and you got to accept and embrace the storytelling. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what we're all about. That's why I love what we get to do is we get to tell the stories and not just turn out numbers, you know? I mean... The numbers are important, and they, they help tell the stories, but it's the, the human element behind it and, uh, you know, knowing where these guys come from and uh, knowing what it takes to accomplish these amazing achievements, um, that those are the things you sit around, you know, tell, telling your kids about or, or talking about, you know, at the bar stool with your, with your buddies. Like, it, it's the stories. That's what matters. And... Uh, Aaron Judge this year authored a story that is going to be told and retold by lots of people for many, many years. And and I'll say, and I'm not trying to you know, knock down my wife when I say this. I'm not, so I apologize, Julie. Um, we, when we were talking to the kids on 
uh, Tuesday night on our way back from synagogue for Yom Kippur services when we got the notification on my watch that Aaron Judge had hit the home run. And that's when, oh, is this the record? He beat Roger Maris. Like, well, you know, it's more complicated. Well, what's complicated? Well, you know, there were some things that were happening those years. And turns out, I didn't know this, my wife apparently believes that those 1998 through 2001 seasons, basically those home run records are invalid and shouldn't count. And, you know, she's an attorney, so she's probably studied (laughs) what is correct (laughs) and what isn't. Who knows? But what I was saying to her is two things. Number one, it's so much more complicated than that because you have to figure out what you're doing with pitching stats. Those pitchers give up home runs or not give up home runs. Do their ERAs change? Is there a different wins leader that year? Is there a different ERA leader that year? All these things, which it just makes me too crazy. I think numbers stay. I, I just think that we all saw it happen and these things stay. And the best example I always go back to, maybe it's the second best because I do think the Hank Aaron not erasing Babe Ruth is a good one. But <laughs> the example that I always go back to is when Armando Galarraga threw the perfect game and then there was the bad call at first base. Everyone, everyone on the planet, including the umpire, including every member on the opposing team, certainly Armando Galarraga, everyone knew it was the wrong call. And you had all these people talking the next day and for still, put an asterisk there, give him an official perfect game, whatever. And I've always said, and I stand by this, like I can certainly not tell you how many perfect games there have been in major league baseball history i think maybe it's 22 or 23 i absolutely cannot name every one of them do you know what i can definitely do i can name the person who had a perfect game but the ump made a wrong call and actually had a 28 out perfect game armando galarraga every time Mm -hmm. like is he worse off or better off because of that and i just think that's the point it's contextual we tell the story you you remember the story yep the numbers the numbers will stay and you know you'll look up who hit the most home runs in a single season in major league history it was barry bonds but you know what? Every, pretty much every single baseball fan knows the story behind how he got to seventy three, and that's fine. You know, I mean, there's there's different era. Do I wish it was different? And you know, all those numbers were achieved cleanly. Sure, but that's not the case. That wasn't the era. It was a different time. Um, but you know, we can tell that story. You know, my my son's eleven years old. He knows the deal. He knows that he probably wouldn't know Barry Bonds if he walked into his classroom. That he doesn't know what he looks like, but he knows that story about you know those guys back in the nineties and that they were doing steroids. And um, so, even more so than the numbers, I would say the the stories get passed down from generation to generation, and that's a big part of what makes baseball the best sport in the world. And this is an obvious point. I should have brought this up sooner, but it's really funny when you reckon with this. Again, watching 61, Babe Ruth. It's the house that Ruth built. It's the house built for Babe Ruth. I mean, Yankee Stadium was literally crafted for a swing. Roger Maris. I don't know if there's a player other than maybe like Brett Gardner, whose power was more ideally (laughs) set for Yankee Stadium. Maybe Didi Gregorius, let's say, than Roger Maris is, though. I mean, Roger Maris was just perfect for hitting the ball right at that foul, right field foul pole. Let's not remember, forget, it was 296 then. It wasn't even 314. It was 296 there. Aaron Judge did this from the right-handed batter's box, too. Yeah. I mean, that's a, the, yeah. uh, as much as we can talk about the lineage of Yankees right fielders and how cool that is, and I do think that's fantastically cool, I love the fact that Judge is a right-hander, too. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I, I'm totally sold on now that I was uh, I needed to be convinced of was you know, growing up, you, you always see like your big slugger, he hits third or fourth, you know, that because, you know, you want to get a couple guys on base in front of him the, starting in the, off in the, the first game, inning, in the first <laughs> inning only. And uh, I mean, judges hit mostly first and sometimes second this year. And I'm I'm totally sold now when you got 
you, you put your best hitter up first. And how many, I feel like so many games this year came down to we needed a big hit in the eighth or ninth. And there he was on deck coming up again because he's going to get as many at-bats as possible when you're hitting out of the number one spot. So I'm, I'm totally on board with putting your best hitter, even if it is a gargantuan slugger, first. And it's so much more than that, too. I don't care if you're facing Justin Verlander or a guy who we've literally never heard of who's making his first start. If you're facing the Yankees and you don't get to catch your breath, you throw your eight warm-up pitches and here's Aaron Judge to yeah. start off the game. Mm-hmm. Like, have at it, boys. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. I think it absolutely makes sense for the way baseball is right now i did a piece years back on lineup construction and basically i think that every spot in the batting order at the time i mean i'm gonna get this a little bit wrong but it was something like 30 extra at bats over the course of a season mm. so i mean aaron judge hit 62 in his i think second to last at bat of the season yeah as if it turned was, out if he was hitting cleanup all year he might have never had the chance to I'm get just there saying, you never know so yeah. it's uh it's fun i just can't wait to watch the next week i can't wait to do this again, you know, a week from now before game two of the division series, whatever we think of the baseball world right now, everything's going to be different in a week. And that's the joy and also the chaos and the, God bless it all. Cause it's the best time of year. Nate, I love that I get to do this with you. I love that we've gotten to do this all year. I love that in a couple of days, this October issue, which was so hard this year because <laughs> we had to make so many changes. And for all that we're complaining right now, or belly aching, our photographer, Ariel golden hecht, she was basically a member of the Maris family for the last few weeks, just on the road with Aaron Judge the entire time. The pictures that we have in this issue that you're going to see, including on the cover, it's such a special issue. It's such a special time of the year. I can't wait until the temperature's down a little bit in terms of the getting ready for the postseason. We could talk about these actual stories that we have in the year, because I also think it's one of our best issues story-wise that we yeah. put together this year. Yep. And that's all stuff we're going to talk about as we go. But, Nate, I, I, I have always wondered what it's like to be a player and just sit there at the end of 162. And I'll never experience it, obviously. But I know for us, when we get to, you know, you're done with spring training, you're done with 162, and now it's just like, well, now it all starts over again. It's just... Yep. Get, I, get your suit dry cleaned. I feel like... I, yeah, well, we just said, you own Kipper, I got to get my suit dry cleaned. It's a, it's a lot of work for the juice. <laughs> um, we've been through so much as a people already, too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is the best. This is the absolute best. This is this like day of calm and sunshine yeah. and everything like that. And it's just all going to explode in our faces in a couple of days. And I can't wait to get to share it with you, Nate, and with everyone who listens to this because it's the best. Yeah. And then we're going to, you know, sit back over the next few days and just watch playoff baseball with no pressure at all on us. It's, I can't wait. It's, I'm very excited. Well, Nate, I look forward to sharing that excitement with you. And to all of you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm really so excited to share more Yankees news. Maybe Yankees wins. Maybe series wins. Maybe we start talking about parades together. Who knows? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But while you're waiting, please, please, please go to yankees.com slash publications and subscribe to Yankees Magazine. It's just such a great publication that we're so proud to put out every month. I'm really giddy for the chance for everyone to see our October issue. It's really special. Subscribe there or by calling 800-GO-YANKS. You can also, of course, buy back issues. You can buy yearbooks, all that fun stuff. We urge you to go to yankees.com slash magazine where you can read our long-form content and to follow us on Twitter at Yanks Magazine and on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. This is the best time of the year for this stuff. We want to hear from you, though, so please make sure to send us whatever letters, things you want to talk about, all that stuff to podcast at yankees.com. And please, 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 as we get into this month where we're going to be podcasting weekly, Go to the podcast app of your choice and make sure to subscribe. 
rate, review us, tell your friends about us. We, we, we want to be talking to you all October, as long as we possibly can, into November. Let's go. In the meantime, enjoy the Rays and the Guardians and all the other series that might matter to you. Get ready for next week. We'll see you soon. Go Yanks. Hi, this is Aaron Judge. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast.